Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I'm Alan and as always I'm joined by my friend Ski. Hello. And Brent. Hello. And today we're going to go over episode 16, The Truth Will Out. So with that I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Ski to start our recap. All right. Uh, the original air date of 16 was uh, January 18th, 1986. Uh, written by Susan Beavers and directed by Terry Hughes. <laughs> Get us off to a nice adolescent start. <laughs> Thank goodness that the co-writer wasn't Bill Wieners. Well, I, we didn't talk about it. That's you know? right. Yeah. We left those off this week. Well, we we talked to go with Bill Fingers. But oh. okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I guess I'm just not as creative. Well, just keeping with the adolescent theme. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. So, so Wieners is not adolescent? Is that like even younger than that? And you have to get up the fingers to be adolescent? I think so. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm even going less mature than like ah, Wieners exactly. and poop. I'm not sure what sort of progression you had in your life, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, listen, every every path has its own uh, winding course. So. <laughs> I think the next one is by Janet Boobs. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's one of the best. <laughs> Two of the best, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, so episode 16, you say. Cut yes. this part out, too, if you want. <laughs> Written by Susan Beavers and directed by Terry Hughes. Uh, we open uh, in the kitchen. We see Rose making her uh, special maple syrup. Honey, brown sugar, molasses, rice crispy vlog. Mm-hmm. Now those are, I don't know, I don't eat molasses much at all. Like I, I'm sure I've had things with molasses in it, but I don't have a great frame of reference. Everything else sounds like a good ingredient, but it, it is a lot of sweetness. Yes, very much so. Like molasses, the best I would equate is like a thick syrup. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like it's like it's like almost like if you just took a thing of uh, Mrs. Butterworth and just ground a whole bunch of brown sugar in it yeah. and just dripped it on the stuff. You, like you stick the tap straight in the tree. Oh, okay. <laughs> that slow moving <laughs> that tap that comes out. Well, so aren't a lot of these ingredients kind of redundant? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, it says syrup, honey, and molasses. It seems exactly. like all three of those. <laughs> She's like, I'm making my butter margarine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Country crop cookies. <laughs> Special recipe. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, it's, I guess it's a Minnesota thing. The secret <laughs> ingredient is butter. <laughs> uh, but uh, so she's making this, you know, very sweet log. Dorothy enters, kind of greets Rose, and then uh, Rose insists that she try some of the treat. Uh, based on Dorothy's response, it's extremely sweet, as we could have guessed before. And she asks, do any of your kids still have their own teeth? Right. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first good ep- line of the episode. There, there was a handful of good lines in this episode. Um, not, not nearly as chock full of them as last episode, but uh, we'll get to that as we go through the review. Didn't you think the title could have been better? Yeah, I didn't really understand. I mean, I, I guess I understood the title, but yeah, it was definitely... Yeah. When I first read the title, I was like, oh, it must be cutting off part of it because there's yeah. going to be another funny word or word <laughs> that makes it funny that uh, adds on. And Yeah. Yeah, so last week a fantastic title. This mm-hmm. week, pretty yeah. pretty mediocre title. I like the title "The Truth About Charlie." I mean, that's like a famous title. You yeah. Know? Like, why didn't they use that one again? Yeah. Oh. Test. <laughs> 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 Sorry, the engineer was motioning towards me. Uh, well, it was just a uh, Brent was uh, handling the microphone <laughs> in a loud way. 
You say beavers, I'm going to react. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if your hands are below the table, then they don't make noise above the table. So <laughs> you do what you want below the table, but above the table. I once had a barber tell me that. Oh, really? <laughs> well, like below the, the smock, exactly. <laughs> whatever happens down there stays exactly. down there. <laughs> but it like, it's like, you know, you can't fidget and like your entire body's connected. So if you fidget below the smock, you'll fidget above the smock and then I'm going to cut your ear off. Oh, okay. Oh, so he wasn't, I thought you were saying he was telling you like, hey, go to town. No, he, was, he t- took an anti-fidget position. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I, I guess, uh. I don't know, maybe you just have that look about you that he could tell <laughs> that some naughty business was going to be going <laughs> exactly. on. Well, we learned that she's making this log, uh, preparing uh, for a visit by her uh, daughter, Kirsten, and her granddaughter. Dorothy asks, you know, what has she got planned for their visit? And uh, she lists a variety of animal-based attractions, uh, Sea World, Gator World, Reptile World, and Parrot Village. Dorothy uh, seems almost offended by the fact that the... Uh, Parrots don't have their own world, yeah, jokingly, that, of course. That was probably my favorite line of the episode. Um, what, the parrots don't get a world? This is outrageous. Um, <laughs> like I said, there wasn't as many, you know, it wasn't as, as chock full of great lines as the last episode. Um, and like I said, for me, I thought that was the, my favorite one. That was right out the top. Uh, then Blanche enters holding a uh, newspaper and telling the girls about this uh, ongoing Palm Beach murder case, the the Duncan Osgood trial. All right. Uh, Blanche is convinced that the uh, main suspect is guilty because his wife was found at the bottom of their private lake, clutching his dicky in her hand. Or, yeah, in her hand. Yeah, dicky is definitely a rarely worn <laughs> article of clothing <laughs> at this point. Um, seems like one of the most pointless things that I can imagine as far as uh, just clothing in general. I mean, I suppose it gives you the appearance of being dressed a little nicer than you are, yeah. um, but I just can't imagine that many circumstances where a dickie would be appropriate. So, I think in the Miami heat, though, you're probably more likely to wear a dickie. So that you can kind of have that nicer look, but a little <laughs> less layered. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough, I guess, but I don't know. I, I still would think even maybe in the Miami heat in the 80s when there was a higher expectation for how well-dressed a man is, how dapper he might be to <laughs> go out on his business and whatnot. I think nowadays all of society is a bit more uh, casual than it was. I agree. So There was a gentleman at work today, his first day there, not wearing any socks. Wow. Like he had on uh, dress shoes, you know, and slacks, but no socks. Mm-hmm. And that's just... Yeah, that's something I've never been on board with. I mean, regardless, uh, I mean, granted, you know, Mm -hmm. like if I'm wearing sandals or something, but but outside of any, I'm not a fan of it in tennis shoes Mm -hmm. and certainly not dress shoes. I I know a lot of people rock that style, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. not mine. And like you said, for your first day at work, I think you go ahead and bust out the Argyles and look a little more. uh, Exactly. Dapper it up, right? Yeah, exactly. Set that good first. I like your shirt. It's nice. Thank you. I like your shirt. Thank you. It's good with your your, your hoodie. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the only one at the table with a Golden Girl shirt. So you are, yeah. Yeah. Yours is the best still then, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's the best for the occasion. Uncontested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's because the royalty checks are made out to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, and boy, they are rolling in. <laughs> so, 
So, so you think that this was purchased with future earnings? <laughs> exactly. it was, it's an investment. Exactly. There's your tax write-off right there, sir. <laughs> I believe this Golden Girl shirt is at least a year old at this point. Um, I think it was Christmas 2018. So. Okay. so you bought it right when we recorded our first episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least when we discussed uh, recording our first episode. <laughs> so. Well, after that uh, awesome line, uh, Sophia enters and is complaining about her uh, blood pressure being too high and that uh, she shouldn't be uh, giving up her room to the visitors. Uh, Dorothy reminds her that the blood pressure monitor isn't working uh, correctly and that she'll be fine sharing room with her. It does seem like they're always the one who have to double up whenever they have company. Well, I mean, that seems fair to me. I mean, they're family, and yeah. I would think that the, if you had to pick two of the, yeah. the group to... Care of that would definitely be the obvious mm-hmm. choice. But do you think they get like knock off on the rent that month or something? No, or? not at all. I really? think. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're close enough that they're like family, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you give a a discount to, or I don't think you request a discount if, if yeah. it's that kind of a circumstance. Now, granted, if it was like you know, if the daughter and granddaughter were moving in for you know a couple mm-hmm. months, then yeah. by all means, yeah. you know. But I, I would say that for a, a week or two, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it would necessarily be appropriate to ask for a discount. Okay. Uh, Sophia eventually, you know, kind of relents, but then asks Dorothy to uh, lay off the broccoli at dinner. <laughs> right. Uh, Rose thanks Sophia for giving up her room for her uh, daughter and granddaughter, saying it is more fun to have uh, family visiting instead of staying at a hotel. Uh, she comments that uh, while she's excited to see them, she is a bit nervous. Sophia interjects a, a short story about how her friend Maria who uh, also gets nervous when her daughter visits, Teresa. Mm-hmm. And we find out she's a mob hitman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has that uh, the Frank Sinatra song, The Lady is a Tramp, uh, used to be named Teresa is a Tramp, but they had to change it for legal reasons. Uh, Dorothy brings Sophia back to the uh, conversation at hand. Now, why would you need to change that song for legal reasons? I mean, there's got to be a million Teresas in the world. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Yeah, unless Maybe you said Teresa. Teresa with the last name. Yeah. You know. Well, even then, depend on the last name. Yeah, I mean, if it was a particularly common, if it was Teresa Smith, then you're probably <laughs> fine. But yeah, <laughs> Teresa Petrillo may be a little more yeah. uh, of a challenge. But uh, yeah, so she kind of snaps her back to the uh, conversation. They ask why Rose why she's nervous, and she explains that uh, she uh, made Kristen or Kirsten the uh, executor to her will, and then when she's coming over, they're going to go over the uh, paperwork. And that there's a, a few things that might surprise her, things that she wouldn't be expecting. They reassure that while, uh, you know, it may not be the most pleasant conversation, obviously going over Will is not necessarily something you like, uh, that she should be fine, that she's an adult and such. Right. Uh, Blanche adds that she uh, wishes she had some surprises to put in her will. Uh, one, one such idea was to leave like a token to all the men that brought joy and pleasure to her life, to which uh, Dorothy kind of asks, where would they read that, Blanche? The Astrodome. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that one's my favorite line. Yeah, that, that was definitely a solid line. And then the line that she follows that up with is, I think, one of my favorites where she talks about that uh, she would like to put in there, to my sister Virginia, I bequeath, or I hereby bequeath, my diamond brooch, my collection of Wedgwood China, and all my stock in AT&T. And then Dorothy asks her, you know, she yeah. has stock in AT&T, and she says, I don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just like the... Uh, Basically, like the idea of Virginia thinking that she hit the jackpot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good line. It, it is funny though. Even after you know, it seemed that Blanche and Virginia got a bit closer after the whole liver 
situation. Yeah. Still, still wants I, to stick it to her one last time. I get the impression Blanche just likes that kind of humor anyway, though. Well, oh, yeah. Kind of, kind of just like a, a dry, like, haha, I gotcha. Right. Even if it's, even if it's beyond like just the the kind of raw humor, just like a little bit extra of a sting. Yeah. Makes it special for her. <laughs> you know, you know what I love about Blanche, and, and as the season goes on, it's like it. I don't know, when we came into doing this and, and I was going more off of my memories of the show, I don't remember Blanche being one of my favorites per se, but I love that she owns who she is. Like, she doesn't get offended by people making the slut jokes yeah. at her or Sophia anything like that. Sophia is all about it. She's, yeah. like, always jumping on it. But so. whether it's her or Dorothy, you know, making the Astrodome comment, she just, you know, is like smiles like, yeah, you know, I, I, I like to enjoy the pleasure of, you know, company. <laughs> so, and I, I don't know, I just really like the fact that she just 100% owns it and is not apologetic mm-hmm. about it, and that's pretty awesome. Do you think in her mind she's thinking that Dorothy's just jealous? I, it could be. I mean, I, I don't think she looks, well, she certainly doesn't look at it as anything to be ashamed of, I don't mm-hmm. think. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen her, you know, make comments and, and such in front of a variety of different, um, you know, <laughs> could be uh, members of the clergy or, uh, you know, <laughs> law enforcement or children, yeah. you know, so she, she's pretty much... Girl, girl power, right? Yeah, she is who she is, and, and you know, I appreciate that. And so we uh, change scene, and we find uh, Dorothy and Sophia uh, sitting in the living room. Uh, Sophia is now humming... That's why mm-hmm, is a tramp. <laughs> Obviously, remembering her uh, little comment from before. Blanche enters and asks if the visitors have arrived yet. Uh, they have not. She kind of excitedly shares some uh, clothing items she had bought earlier, talking about. Uh, I think one of the things was a uh, sequin socks. Yeah. Which I've not heard of that before. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it'd be comfortable at all <laughs> to wear sequin <laughs> socks. Better than the no socks, though. The Brent's new uh, coworker well, I, uh, was wearing. I guess Correct. if you're going for. Sh- for shiny and, and like it's probably expensive socks mm-hmm. i can't imagine those would be really cheap now would you have thought more or less of him if he did have <laughs> sequin socks on um, when he came in i think the hierarchy of like i don't know i would think less of him less of okay that would be horrible for your feet to get oh, sweaty why well, now every time you walk would <laughs> what just seems like it would be uncomfortable like you'd be stepping like those things would you know shift a little bit inside your <laughs> shoes and you'd be stepping on sequins that would get you know pointed up into the sole of your feet yeah, uh, constantly horrible. but even aside from that i don't know i mean i would appreciate if that was his style uh, <laughs> that he was going all out yeah. um, but still probably not the most professional look so i think i'd agree with you i'd go if i had to choose between no socks or sequin socks uh, mm-hmm. for a first impression i guess i'd go with the no socks uh, we at this point find out that uh, Rose's granddaughter is named Charlie after her husband, her right. husband. Uh, Sophia insists that Charlie is a bookie's name, and that uh, she, after a funny back and forth, we also find that uh, Charlie, Rose's late husband, sold insurance. Sophia kind of exits and uh, Blanche nervously, kind of clumsily. I think, and what followed was just my favorite line of the episode. Which one was that? Sophia says that's an even bigger racket. Yes, yes. <laughs> so insurance. Got a kick out of that. <laughs> so so true. As <laughs> <laughs> a man that's been burned by an insurance agent or two. <laughs> but now, see, ski of the '90s 
um, you know, well, I guess like late nineties, early aughts, definitely was not a man who was interested in insurance. He was going to let the Lord take him where he took him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether that was health insurance. I mean, he had car insurance and things needed to have legally speaking, but you know, nowadays with his maintenance medications and things like that, I mean, he definitely is a, a firm believer in the usefulness of, you know, of uh, insurance. My I mean, maintenance medications. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's out there stumping for universal health care and things Heck of that yes. nature. Go so, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's, he's a shyster selling some insurance there. Right. Uh, Sophia. <laughs> that's a, that's a, now you're taking Sophia's stance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I think different of, differently of Charlie. <laughs> we later find out he was a very honorable man, so right. that was... Yes. Anyway, uh, Blanche kind of nervously, almost clumsily asked Dorothy if she could ask her a question. Uh, this is another good line. Dorothy exp- uh, kind of goes on to explain to Blanche, you caught me one night uh, naked, uh, or sneaking out of the kitchen naked with an Oreo in my mouth. We have no secrets. <laughs> Just ask her a question. Yeah, that was uh, certainly an interesting visual. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. she uh, picked a nice picture that she painted. Um, or it a almost picture. felt like a forced line, like they wanted it to be funny, <laughs> and so they shoved it in. Well, that is typically how comedy shows work. They didn't want the lines to be funny. But well, no, I mean, like they almost tried too hard is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Should they have stopped with just her being naked? Like, is it like the Oreo in her mouth and put it over the top? Or? I don't think the Oreo did anything for it. <laughs> well, I, I just couldn't think like what would be the scenario where you'd be like, "Damn, I really want an Oreo, but I don't want to put this robe on. I bet I can get to the kitchen." Especially, and back. they always walk around in robes and nightgowns anyway. Right? Yeah. So I mean, she would have. I never got the impression that she slept maybe, naked, but maybe, maybe she it was does. one of those nights with Stan staying over. Uh, it could be, you know, or uh, one of her other uh, lovers that she's taken in the in the series, <laughs> but. Yeah, I just don't under, I don't know what the circumstances would be to lead her to the Fresh kitchen. Fresh out of a shower. Yeah. Fresh out of like, ah, that shower was invigorating. Yeah, I need, I need an Oreo. Oreo. <laughs> Maybe she was on her way to the bathtub. Wanted a little snack to take into the tub with her. Oh, it could be. Wouldn't she carry it with her? She's like, I'm going to hold this in my mouth on the way. Like, I'm sure maybe she had a plate and she just oh, didn't okay. mention those. But oh, she also okay. had one in her mouth. Possible. Then kind of, she, uh, Blanche kind of goes on to say, you know, how ask about how Rose has been acting oddly. Uh, in anticipation of the daughter's visit uh, and regarding the will. And uh, she suggests that uh, wills make people do crazy things. Then, of course, she's got this whole conspiracy theory going on in her head about the uh, the uh, Duncan Osgood murder case. She re- refers back to that. Uh, apparently, the day before the uh, she was murdered, Tippy Paxton Osgood had changed her will, making Duncan the sole heir to the Paxton napkin fortune. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows about the Paxton napkins. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's almost I, a generic. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you get the Paxtons? And you know, and my wife knows I'm talking about napkins. You know, like facial tissues or whatever. You know, <laughs> like Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. Or or like what a band aid's uh, adhesive. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, cotton swabs. Yeah, it's all the same. Paxtons, napkins. It's interchangeable. <laughs> She claims that this is uh, further proof that the suspect is guilty, still talking about the case, along with apparently a very convincing photograph of Duncan taking Tippy's body downstairs wrapped in a carpet while wearing scuba gear. Right. It seems like a very odd thing to be walking around in, in a house, I guess, but it, if you, it makes convenient if it's a local lake, you know? Yeah. Private yeah. lake. 
It also makes you wonder, though, who's taking that picture. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, who sees them there <laughs> with the Would, the would it have been like a surveillance camera? They never say. Exactly. So, carry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, getting rid of that carpet? I, I hear you. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Those trashmen only come well, take the heavy pickup on the last Friday of the month. <laughs> a quick dunk in the lake. All right. <laughs> Keep a tight grip on that carpet. It's about to lose a dicky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just thought his name is Duncan. Mm-hmm. He's dunking her in the lake, right? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> Wordplay. Yeah, they should have known just from the name. Uh, Glad you said that this episode gets another four slices of cheese. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's what the writers meant the entire time. Exactly. Terry Hughes is crazy like a fox. <laughs> <laughs> it's an onion and you just peeled another layer away. <laughs> well, then what does Osgood mean? Let's, let's experiment with that one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we have the capacity to unravel this entire ball of yarn in one. All right. Well, you know, one moving sitting. on then. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy kind of stares back at Blanche blankly and quips, uh, maybe the picture was from their wedding album. (laughs) Blanche doesn't quite know how to respond, obviously. Uh, Just then, though, Rose enters with her daughter and Charlie. They all kind of exchange happy greetings. Uh, Very happy to meet each other. They've heard things about one another. Mm -hmm. Charlie talks about uh, visiting astronaut camp when they're down there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rose kind of gushes about how her granddaughter wants to be an astronaut. But Charlie corrects her, saying, Not really, Grandma. I just want to meet boys who want to be astronauts. Blanche excitedly says, Me too. Yeah, that was a, that was an odd choice, I felt like, <laughs> in that one. I mean, for one, she's a kid, and I don't necessarily like them kind of sexualizing the child to begin with. And then also the fact that she's from Minnesota, I assume. Mm-hmm. So what's she doing meeting a boy in, you know, <laughs> In Miami, um, just a hookup, Alan. Yeah, meaningless. yeah. That 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 part. That's what just kids are all about. <laughs> didn't sit great with me. Um, yeah. A couple, uh, just to interject here. A couple. Did you want to? Uh, just <clears throat> before you interject, um, you know, this was like what did we just said? It was like two weeks after the Challenger, right? So maybe the fact that she doesn't want to be an astronaut means she's got a level head, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, oh, so she's looking to cash in on those insurance policies. Exactly. That is, the, it is ironic that they yeah. obviously this would have had to have been taped well before the, yeah. the, the explosion. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, I wonder if people were kind of like, had like a gasp. Like, while too watching. soon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you would have thought. Astronaut camp? Why would they bring that up now? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm surprised they didn't cut it out. You know, because, I mean, yeah, like you said, it was extremely close to that uh, that event. It was a huge, I mean, the, the country was decimated after that. Yeah, well, I don't know if they was decimated, but. Uh, decimated. <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe you don't love astronauts, Alan. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I don't mean to downplay. Where are you on Space Force? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean to downplay the pain of the those folks from what '86 we said. Mm-hmm. So that'd be at this point 34 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so long time. Yeah, I mean, I know that as a seven-year-old child, I was definitely <laughs> beside myself um, for for weeks after that. If I would have seen that episode of The Golden Years, I probably would have thrown a brick through my TV. Right through it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Sorry. laughs> 
Luckily, we had Punky Brewster to heal the pain. All right. <laughs> Thank goodness. And she's coming back, too, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that would be more pain to be healed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so she's making new episodes? Uh, well, I think a new series. I'm like a <laughs> oh, punk. like the actress, the Lady Moon Friday? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a Punky Brewster series. Mm-hmm. I think she plays, I don't know if she's playing Punky Brewster as an adult. Yes. Or, okay, she is. <laughs> okay, and then she has a daughter in, in the series that is going to be kind of the new Punky Brewster, if you will, um, the Punky Brewster 2.0 yeah. kind of, like an adopted daughter. Oh, okay. Like she adopts a girl who's just like she used to be. Okay. You know, whether or not that girl also has a friend who gets locked in a refrigerator, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Yeah. Um, is that Netflix that that's coming out on? <gasps> I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I, I'm definitely. Oh, I think it's the that Peacock streaming thing. Oh, okay. Well, that's a shame because I probably won't see that then. But um, I, I was a big fan of. Uh, of Salil Moonfry back in the day. I mean, she was definitely one of my adolescent crushes. So, yeah, I'm happy to see her, you know, still getting work. I could see you, like, being her brother. You see, oh, like, just appearance-wise? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do have dark hair and similar features. Some light freckles, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, you were about to interject something. Oh, I was just going to say, this is a, a fun fact for me, um, mm-hmm. or for my family, I, I guess. I hope it's the same one. <laughs> uh, and, and, and not so much of a fun fact. So, two facts. Um, okay. Number one. The uh, the young actress who played Charlie, uh, her her name is uh, Bridget Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the fun fact is that her birthday is the exact same birthday as my sister in law, like same year, day, and everything, July oh, wow. se- or July eleventh, uh, seventy five. Okay. So that, that was interesting. the The not so fun fact is that um, she died in May of ninety seven at the age of twenty two, or I guess it'd been twenty one, oh. um, of a. Uh, accidental overdose of alcohol and heroin so yeah so being, that is not such a fun yeah story. yeah not nearly <laughs> as fun and, and it said that she uh, used to kiss two fingers on her right hand and touch any digital clock that read 7-eleven uh, it's like <laughs> good luck <laughs> or whatnot <laughs> so uh, so yeah i guess kind of two fun facts and one you know less fun fact <laughs> did you have anything more to add to no i was just going to talk about her like like when I was a lad, she made me cry more than any other. Like it was like the first. She was in that movie Savannah Smiles, mm-hmm. and that movie made me cry like once a week, probably. Really, I don't um, think I've ever even seen Savannah Smiles. It was. <clears throat> we only had HBO for like a very brief amount of time, and it was one of those movies that played like every week on like you know how they had like the set schedule or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I saw that movie probably once a week, and every week it just made me cry. <laughs> um, I was bawling like a baby. Well, at the what's end the of movie it. about? I mean, just a, a real high-level <laughs> overview, just what's the... So um, she plays Savannah, and her father's a politician running for office, and he's kind of preoccupied or whatever. And so she's like, well, I'm going to teach him. I'm going to run away from home. And so she stows away in the back of um, a... Um, Oh, um, uh, like a wood-paneled station wagon or whatever. Um, But the wood-paneled station wagon... As um, you do in those days. Exactly. (laughs) Um, It had actually been stolen um, by these two guys who had um, played with convicts. And they, they were just released from prison. And anyways... So anyways, like according to the feds, like they thought that these guys had kidnapped this girl or whatever. And they, you know, they did not do that at all. Um, actually, I don't even think that the car was stolen. I think it was actually like their legit car. So they did like nothing wrong. Oh, okay. So they um, just thought they had it because they were convicts. They kind of typecast. Or, yeah, you know, exactly. Whatever, and so they ended up going back to jail and, you know, she reconnected with her parents and everything like that. Hmm. So, 
so yeah, um, it was just were your tears for the convicts who were un, yeah 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 like un, they were unduly accused exactly exactly that's how I became a social justice warrior um, <laughs> but like no like they go to prison and like I don't know suck. <laughs> but it's like like they have fun with her and everything because like one of the convicts is like you know like a gruff type convict and the other's like a poor man's Ned Beatty oh okay he's kind of like a you know whatever um, but she you know melts both their hearts and they have adventures and everything like that and I don't know it was just such a sweet sweet movie see right now in my head the only pair of convicts that I can see are the the robbers from um, Home, Home Alone, Alone. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> exactly <laughs> yeah you know kind of lovable goons um, yeah yeah <laughs> but. Good old wet bandits. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was an amazingly good movie. I highly recommend it. And it's available to stream for free on your Amazon Prime. Okay. It's called Savannah Smiles. Yes. Yes, and she does. It'll light up her room. Savannah (laughs) Smiles is also the name of a Girl Scout cookie because the Girl Scouts in America uh, was uh, founded in Savannah. I don't know if it's still made, but a previous Girl Scout cookie at least. Oh, okay. I've never heard of a Savannah Smiles Girl Scout cookie. Yeah, no, you're right, but Gwen was never in in Girl Scouts, so mm-hmm. so I wasn't that uh, in-depth as far as the offerings. I always kind of, when, when the people come and solicit, I generally just go for the same two or three options and yeah. barely pay attention to the other yeah. 20 new cookies that they have. For <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what box. the flavor of it was. Yeah. I want to say it was maybe like a, a lemon, but I don't remember. Yeah. Girl Scout cookies are like cigarettes. Like if you, um, <laughs> you know, the thing was like, oh, I'm gonna quit smoking by like you know smoking this entire carton or whatever. <laughs> right. I, did, I did that with uh, Girl Scout cookies. Um, like I can still eat tagalongs, just not nearly as many as I used to be able to. Mm. This is the last one, I swear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. this last box. Yeah, yeah. Like one day on Saturday, I ate six boxes of tagalongs. Oh my wow. god, <laughs> uh, that that is an impressive number. I mean, that's. Did you take a mortgage out in your house just to <laughs> buy those six boxes? <laughs> it was um, so. Um, I'd went to the um, the AMC Best Picture Showcase, and so I was like spending you know twelve hours in a movie theater, and I packed my little backpack full of <laughs> six boxes of tagalongs. <laughs> my sustenance for the day. <laughs> wow! And for the next four years, calorie wise, <laughs> it probably took me a good four days before I had a solid <laughs> movement. Now, did that? culminate with us seeing spider-man and you vomiting on the wall <laughs> as you ran out of the theater <laughs> same theater different day oh okay <laughs> that that's that is i mean now granted when i was younger we, we had some impressive but also disgusting eating feats um you know <laughs> we used to go to pizza hut for their lunch buffet all the time and you know we would see how many crusts we could pile up on the plate i mean we get a plate that was what Pretty. eight ten inches tall <sighs> with uh with crust i, I don't like that at all you don't like People who don't consume their crust at oh, the pizza okay. buffet. Well, it was like a trophy for us. Well, we were teenagers yeah, in I fairness. I get it. You know, it's like, oh, those are the fallen soldiers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> you just sort of. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that we just <laughs> found Brent's line in the sand. <laughs> now, what if you're someone like Joey? Genuinely doesn't like crust. Like, you won't eat it here at home either. Yeah. So would you also yeah, I mean, have a problem with... You as his parent have to step up to the plate and eat his crust. <laughs> <laughs> you can't... Yeah, yeah, that is just wasting food. Well, what if you go to a buffet and you get something off the buffet that you don't like? You're just like, well, I guess I got to down it because I took it off the, no, off the no, buffet I mean, line. That, that, I mean, that's acceptable. Well, I mean, how that's... is that any more acceptable than wasting a piece of the pizza that you didn't want to eat? Because you're wasting like one slice of pizza as opposed to like all of those crusts. 
I mean, you're going to fill your belly with something, you know, <laughs> so you're eating up more of the profits of the you know, pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. For someone who, as far as I know, has never owned a, um, a food <laughs> service establishment, you have some real passion about this, uh, <laughs> this issue. <laughs> well, then, just think of it from your fellow patrons' perspective. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, they can't get pizza now because the last slice was taken by you because you didn't stay at your seat and finish up your crust. Ah, uh, so I see. I think I see where this is coming from now. Like, you've been burned before at the pizza. <laughs> you were waiting in line for that piece of I sausage and pepperoni. Pizza. And exactly. then they took the last one. You saw him go over and not eat the crust. And, mm-hmm. You know, then How you decided to play that eaten? Bob exactly. Dylan song a dozen times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> when you take a slice of pizza, that is an oral contract that you are going to finish that <laughs> It's pizza. a commitment. Do not exactly. be to the crust, right? Exactly. I don't know. I think maybe a social contract, unless you're, <laughs> uh, unless you're asking for the slice pizza. I don't think it's an oral contract. I think it should be added to your tab, like oh, when you okay. leave. Like the waitress should be like, "Okay, you have twelve crusts at twenty five cents a piece," and then they <laughs> add an extra four dollars onto your bill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that. Uh, you would see a real dip in attendance at those buffets. <laughs> then, then they would get phased out, and then you'd get no buffet at all. So, <laughs> so perhaps you just need to count your buffet blessings as opposed to <laughs> you know pointing out the flaws of your fellow patrons. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, where were we at? <laughs> Do we really want to talk about the Golden Girls anymore? This is really good. <laughs> well, I, I will just real briefly, since, since we already talked about Bridget, uh, Christine Bedford or Belford, played the the role of Rose's daughter in the Kirsten. show. Yeah, Kirsten. And she had a she was another one of those people that was in a ton of different things as mm-hmm. guest actress. Um her most uh, prominent role she played on 9 episodes of uh, Beverly Hills 90210 as Samantha Sanders, 7 episodes of Silver Spoon, mm-hmm. and um she was also in Christine, the movie about the I think she had a, a fairly prominent role in Christine. Was she Christine? Uh, I it would have been awesome if she was given the, <laughs> the you know, that's her name and all that, yeah. but unfortunately, no, she was not. She did not play the role <laughs> of the car. <laughs> so, anyway, so now now we have both guest actresses out of the out of the way as far as little. little oh, so background. back to the challenger, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. No, so, uh, Charlie the girl is going to astronaut camp, and Blanche is excited about astronaut boys. Also, right after that, uh, kind of back and forth. Apparently. Uh, Kirsten and, and Charlie had brought gifts for Blanche and Dorothy. So uh, they give them out to them. And uh, apparently they are the same incre- uh, sweet uh, rolls, the right crispy rolls that ran, uh, Rose was making earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad they didn't have a little bit of a, you know, I don't know, communication beforehand. Where she's like, yeah, I'm going to be making one of these. And she was like, well, we're bringing two of them. Yeah, so. she, she mentioned it's extremely uh, popular in Minnesota. Yeah, apparently, but. I'm sure Rose is like, oh, there's no way they'll let her get on the plane with that. <laughs> <laughs> she put it, could have put it on a um, on her, you know, check luggage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were wrapped thoroughly, so mm-hmm. that's true. In aluminum foil. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Dorothy hilariously thanks them, saying, "How incredibly sweet." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rose and her guests then kind of exit to uh, get settled in. Blanche asks Dorothy what she's going to do with her. Uh, gift and she responds it's a log i'm going to burn it <laughs> i think that was my second favorite line well then we got another scene change uh, we find all the girls out on the lanai finishing dinner together uh, they'd had shepherd's pie 
Uh, most of the group was thanking Rose for a delicious meal. Sophia was not as flattering, calling it garbage. Right, yeah, where I come from, it's called <laughs> it's garbage. Kind yeah. of throwing together stuff. You know, which I generally, I like Sophia's um, direct, forthright uh, responses. I, I wasn't a big fan of it here in front of Rose's daughter and granddaughter. It was a little rough, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was a little bit mean. It's just a little ungrateful, yeah. you know. But granted, she also lost her bedroom to these people. Oh, yeah, that's you true. Know. It's a little um, jab back, right? But again, if she had lost her bedroom to the teenage... You know, David, yeah, David, like that makes I don't know. I feel like you can be a little more uh, harsh with that situation than yeah. to the 10 year old girl, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just have a soft spot, I guess, for uh, Some dead women. women. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy kind of quiets her complaint. Uh, apparently, it was Charlie's favorite meal, and he frequently requested it. Blanche says that she can't remember uh, that her George, her husband, ever asking for anything special from the kitchen. Uh, she keeps the story going in a somewhat suggestive direction then uh, before Dorothy kind of stops her, reminding her that a child is present. Rose and Kirsten then head to the kitchen to get uh, the dessert log. <laughs> uh, Blanche and Dorothy ask for just coffee. They both say it in unison. Right. Uh, in the kitchen, Kirsten admits that she was uh, initially surprised to hear about her mother who can fully you know, support herself financially, that uh, she would be moving in with uh, anybody. But after meeting her friends, she fully understands. Kind of just kind of gushing on how nice they are. Right. Uh, Rose gets uh, a bit more serious in her uh, tone and says that she wants her to go ahead and look over the will now. And uh, she pulls out of a cookie jar. Kirsten's kind of surprised that she keeps it in there. What a weird time to be like, you know what? Here's this business we need to handle. <laughs> While we have guests, or not guests, man, I guess they live there, but... You know, we have people out on the lanai waiting for the dessert. <laughs> We're literally in the middle of the meal. But, you know, this other reason I decided to call you, you know, down here. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take care of that right now. Yeah. Well, I think it was partly because she was talking about her immense financial security, which we later find out is, is not exactly true. Right. But still, you're absolutely right. It seems like. You'd say, oh, let's talk about that here in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> After we're done with the, the sugar loaf. First. <laughs> right, yeah. Rose, get, yeah, she gets a little serious. She pulls out the uh, cookie, the wheel from a cookie jar. Kirsten's kind of like surprised that she keeps it in a cookie jar. She has a little anecdote saying that uh, when he was alive, Charlie always had his hand in the cookie jar, and this way he's mm -hmm. still in there a little bit. Anyway, Kirsten's kind of reviewing the document and says, you know, Mom, these numbers don't make sense. They can't be right. Uh, Rose then assures her that, you know, they're all correct been verified by a lawyer and an accountant. Kirsten con uh, continues that uh, the amount is far less than there should be and uh, kind of accuses Rose of uh, squandering all the money that her, her dad had made you know, throughout his life as a successful insurance salesman. Yeah, that this scene, I feel like this puts um, Kristen on par with... Uh, <laughs> With Gary from a couple or from last episode, I think, or two episodes ago, as being one of the biggest assholes of the entire <laughs> series so far. Yeah, she definitely, you know, my least favorite character of the entire season. Mom, so far. where's my inheritance? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. basically what it is. And she says, "I'm so ashamed of you." Yeah, yeah. it's like it's not your money, you right. know. Like when Rose dies, if there is anything left, and there's no guarantee, and there's no. There's no promise that there has to be, you know, it's right. not an entitlement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not like Rose is bringing her down asking for money. Exactly. Like I could kind of understand it. it'd still be an asshole thing to do. But if Rose was like, hey, I've squandered this money mm -hmm. and now can you please, you know, help me support myself? Yeah. Then, all right. I, I can see having 
more pointed response. Exactly. But yeah, when it Mom, basically where, is just what did you do with all the money that you're supposed to have? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's nothing like that. In this no, case. it just seems like it's purely that where's where's the money I was supposed to get when you kicked off. <laughs> the only reason I even came down here to look at this, uh, exactly. you know, look at this thing was because I wanted to see how much I was going to be getting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that I don't know. At times, you sort of feel bad, you know, for the Golden Girls, for the fact that, like, their kids don't visit more often. But it seems like whenever they do, it's just <laughs> nothing but trouble. Yeah. Yeah, they're not a good lot. Um, yeah. So, Golden Girls is horrible parents, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the only decent one, apparently, was Sophia. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, only for one out of three. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's all it takes for the whole thing. Well, no, the, the other one is not right. Well, I guess she's not all right as far as uh, visiting. She should visit yeah. more often, but she or, did. You, you know, know, chip it in financially. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, I think that's a little on Dorothy for not asking for for some other thing. Dorothy's got some pride there that prevents well, her from asking the sister. I don't think she should have to ask, though. Well, maybe not. But there are some people, though, that, like, you know, I've definitely known people who are more than willing to help you out. Mm-hmm. If you ask, but yeah. you know, they, I don't know, don't want to insult your pride or anything like that, you know, by yeah. offering, um, but, but she's not insulting Dorothy's pride. She's given the mother t- to her mother, you yeah. know, it's like, Hey ma here. And then Sophia can then, you know, parlay that back to Dorothy somehow or whatever. You know? All right. You won me over. So, so Sophia has been good with one of three children. Yeah. Um, as far as we know, <laughs> yeah. Blanche did not do a great job with her daughter. Um, Mm-mm. And then we have Rose's daughter that we met so far as a real yeah, yeah a real bit asshole. of a disappointment right here. So yeah, definitely. This this scene does not shine her in a good light. No. Yeah, I was done with her after this scene. Yeah, like, same there was, here. There's no coming back from this. <laughs> Especially since it's Betty White. Right. It's like you know, Betty White's your mom. <laughs> You're right. Well, act like this, <laughs> like you know, because everything that you know Rose has said about like. Like these elaborate after-school snacks and different things like that. It's like those kids had a nice life, right? You yeah. know, and it's one of those things that if she wants to spend her golden years doing whatever with her money, that is nobody's business but her own. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's definitely sweet to everybody, pretty much. Like she's yeah. always like standing up for what's right. In like previous episodes, even when there's kind of a moral gray area, she's always you know on the side for. What's what should be the the good, I guess. Well, and wouldn't this girl have had some indication, you know, that they weren't like wealthy? Because the way she acts is as if you were like, yeah, my dad's Jeff Bezos, and I've lost <laughs> all of his money. I mean, I'm assuming they lived in a reasonable house, <laughs> you know, and I don't get the impression that it was like they were living in the lap of luxury. I mean, they're like on a farm, or well, and I think that's where Rose grew up, but still. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely don't get the impression that they lived in a giant mansion in St. Olaf. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, she just seemed like mom said he was really successful, so there must be a ton of money there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Rose kind of insists that the you know, money doesn't go as far as it used to. Blanche and Dorothy then kind of enter uh, while they're, you know, because they're waiting, obviously, for the food to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said they're coming to help. Uh, but uh, they just go in there, and they're kind of preparing the uh, food, I guess, in the back. Or, or coffee, because that's what they're getting. And they overhear Kirsten saying some very hurtful things to Rose, of course. And she even continues, In 15 years, you managed to piddle away the fortune it took Daddy a lifetime to build. So obviously she must have thought at some point, and I'm not sure why exactly, but it goes on a little bit to explain. But fortune sounds like a big word to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's also keep in mind, too. All right. 
this fortune he built, he had to build by the time he was 40 or younger based <laughs> on the fact that he died 15 yeah. years ago and Rose is in her mid-50s. So, Charlie, it wasn't like he had built this thing up till he was 70 years old or whatever and then retired and, yeah. you know, he... he you know, had not had that much of a lifetime to it. And we know that they're only a year apart because if you remember from last oh, episode, right. yeah. Rose and him met like seven and eight respectively. I yeah, think. so he would have been somewhere in his late thirties or early forties when he kicked <laughs> off um, with so, his fortune. Yeah. So Rose continues to defend her her spending, saying that she uh, she just made poor investments and and just lost it all. Right. Got a little greedy, she says. Uh, Kirsten storms out angrily. Uh, Dorothy and Blanche walk over to Rose because they can tell you know the tension in the air, saying they won't they don't believe that she squandered the money, but Rose kind of stands up insistently saying that uh, they just don't know her that well, and then she kind of storms out upset as well. Mm-hmm. Blanche and Dorothy just kind of look at each other in disbelief. Uh, scene changes. Uh, now we find Rose alone in the kitchen uh, listening to the radio as it uh, gives its nightly sign off with an instrumental version of the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. As it's going on, uh, she stands up and places her hand over her heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy then comes in and, you know, to comfort Rose, knowing that she's uh, upset, turns off the radio and says, "At ease, Rose." Yeah, <laughs> just like. Yeah, I, I'm glad. It's nice that Rose is a patriot. Not, uh, not great that the other, or at least Dorothy, is, doesn't give, you know, a doesn't shit he, about. Doesn't even let the song finish. Right. Yeah. She doesn't right care that, that Rose is trying to pay, you know, <laughs> pay respects to the country, but. <laughs> Uh, then actually Blanche enters as well, saying that she'd just been trying to console uh, Rose for five minutes, talking outside of her bathroom door, kind of like a fool. Rose starts talking about how it's it's never a good idea to lie, even if it seems like a good idea at the time. They assume that she's referring to Kirsten somehow, but she assures them that uh, she would never lie. She was raised too well, except for a little white lie that doesn't really count. And just then Sophia enters also. Uh, and then corrects her by saying, a lie is a lie, which is a sin, which sends you straight to hell. Right. <laughs> uh, since she insists that she never lies herself. Right. And Dorothy you know, calls her out on it saying, oh, yeah, how much money did you uh, lose the dog races the other day betting? And she says, uh, none of your business, and that's the truth. <laughs> well, I mean, that does come down to like a lie by omission. You know, you can definitely still claim the high ground and say I didn't lie. Um, you know, if uh, if you just didn't Tell didn't them. give the information to begin with, but it's definitely semantics. Seems very political, right? Right. Yeah. But uh, Rose asked the girls uh, what their biggest lie was, and then uh, we kind of get some funny stories here. Uh, Blanche spins a story about uh, telling her little sister, I think little sister Charmaine, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, that she'd been uh, left on the stoop by gypsies. Right. <laughs> Blanche says that uh, she was annoyed by her when she would claim that her hair was cur- curlier and her complexion was prettier than Blanche's. And then that she's never told her the truth since then. <laughs> and, uh, and even tried to help or tried helping her to find her gypsy mama. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy then says that she used to lie to Stan, saying that he was good in bed, but uh, it was hard to tell him that, but she only had to do so on his birthdays. Yeah, well, it kind of gives you more insight as to why that marriage broke down. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, listen, fair enough if uh, Stan wasn't good in bed, but at the same time, if you're only having relations once a year, you can't really be all that shocked when your husband Mm -hmm. decides to step out. Well, yeah, exactly got to stay in your game. You right. Know, it's hard to, yeah. Keep the romance alive. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay. Keep it interesting. It just seems like it'd be relatively miserable on both sides. Um, I mean, I, I granted, I suppose you can have a really great connection side. with somebody. What? They probably can go out at the one side. You, go on the one side. Nothing. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I must have missed that. But uh, he's not taking her from both sides. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's once a year. You never know. Maybe, maybe it's all. You know, maybe uh, you could pull out all the stops <laughs> that one time a year. Uh, but. A three for one special. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rounding all the, the bases with the unplanned pregnancy. I don't think he pulled it out before he stopped. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so she she lied to Stan. Blanche lied to, to her sister about being a gypsy. That's Charmin. Yeah. Uh, Rose admits that the girls, you know, that she lied to Kirsten in this case about the will, kind of covering up some, uh, to cover up some lies about her husband, Charlie. And uh, Rose then leaves the room. Uh, Blanche, again, kind of jumps back into the, uh, comparing the situation to the ongoing Paxton Osgood case, trying to build up the mystery, you know, mm-hmm. the, the intrigue. Dorothy says that, you know, Whatever has happened, it's none of their business, and suggests that they just go ahead and get to bed. Blanston protests, you know, saying, you know, of course it's our business. We're friends. We're roommates. I have no secrets from you guys. My whole life is an open book. And Sophia being in there kind of snaps back saying, your whole life is an open blouse. Yeah, I enjoyed that line. And that was, I think, the line that kind of gave me that little... I don't know. Yeah, revelation. Blanche just kind of smiles and laughs it yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just kind of solidified that in my mind as far as her, you know... Owning, owning oh yeah, I'm yeah. flashing these titties. Yeah. Uh, so we see it, we change. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt oddly for some reason. I don't know if it's you saying it or what, but it just it felt is. more vulgar than what <laughs> that word typically is. It really, really did. <laughs> yeah, it just felt uncomfortable, like a serial killer telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> really, thanks. <did. laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You'd be the last person I'd expect to be a serial killer, but. Um, I don't know with the line like said, that, it seems a little less unlikely now. It kind of shaves off the uh, the edge on it. A yeah, little just bit. a little bit. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Could you're be. a half you're a half step away from talking about Sophia and her bean. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and even like Brent, what he said is far more vulgar than what you said, but it didn't sound nearly as disturbing. <laughs> Sophia's choice. I mean, <laughs> yeah. However, she wants to go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we change scene then. Uh, we see uh, uh, granddaughter Charlie in this case in Rose's uh, room playing dress up in adult clothes. I thought it was kind of odd because she seems like she might be a little past the age to be playing dress up. But uh, I guess it was good character building. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess they never really said I don't think specifically her age, yeah. um, but I don't know. I don't know how long. I think it depends I mean, on the girl. I think certain girls like to play dress up yeah. further and, on. I mean, I think eleven and at that age and time, mm-hmm. I think you know kids could be kids yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. That's yeah, good that's point. a good assessment. Uh, anyway, Rose comes in telling uh, telling Charlie that lunch is ready and uh, kind of sees her outfit and uh, mm-hmm. tells her how pretty she looks. Charlie tells Rose that she's getting ready for a date with a boy mm-hmm. named Robert that lives in a castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose kind of volunteers to help out with her makeup and asks what Robert is like. 
Yeah, well, you know, you can definitely see that that money grubbing mom is rubbing mm-hmm. off on the daughter because yes. she's looking for a dude who wants to be an astronaut. Now she's going on an imaginary date with the man that lives in a castle. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, she definitely is out for the money. She's not looking for a guy who's kind to animals. <laughs> she's, <laughs> you know, looking for somebody who can definitely uh, keep her in. You know the finest things alive. Right, yeah, Finery to which she's accustomed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she have a, a rude awakening, isn't she? Right. Mm-hmm. So, Doesn't it seem odd that they're having spaghetti for lunch? Isn't it like an odd lunch type meal? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it's not something that I would typically make for lunch, um, especially yeah. with Rose and her famous sandwiches. You'd think that you know that'd be the direction exactly. that they go. Exactly, it's one of those things. That I just can't imagine anything worse than sitting in the midday sun of Miami <laughs> with a <laughs> belly full of pasta. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that maybe definitely. It's a would late be, lunch. I don't know. Maybe you know you have the Sicilian influence there. You know, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, perhaps in Sophia's childhood, you know, it was pasta for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Unless it was pizza, of course. Yeah. You know, for Mama Better Celeste. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me by a half a second. <laughs> so she's asked, she's, she's putting on her makeup, uh, asked what Robert is like. And she explains that he uh, looks like Bruce Springsteen and is, is like yeah. Grandpa in that he works very hard and is very, very rich. <laughs> Uh, you can see Rose's face kind of drop. She, she, Rose sadly realized that, you know, what she really doesn't know much about her grandpa and uh, tells her he would have adored you. Uh, they kind of discuss about how her outfit looks great for a castle and that, you know, the sweater she's wearing will help because castles can be very drafty. Uh, Sophia comes in and then asks if they're coming in because, you know, the spaghetti is getting cold. Rose says they'll be right in, but uh, they're in the middle of a makeup session. And this is another good Sophia line. Sarca- Sophia sarcastically kind of replies, I hope the kid can help you. You wear more rouge than Miss Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely one of the better lines in the episode as well. And so we fade out again. And uh, uh, now we change the scene to Dorothy and Sophia are in bed at night. And Dorothy's kind of tossing and turning. Sophia kind of gets up frustrated and says that she can't stand the, the movement in her cold feet. Uh, she even goes on saying it's like having two... Size nine fudgesicles pressed up against my butt. <laughs> yeah, that might have been my favorite line. I don't know. It was, again, there wasn't a, a huge standout, but um, that'd be in, in contention anyway. I can't imagine, though, B. Arthur wears a size nine. Well, what size do you think she wears? <laughs> you think she wears like a 12? Or? Probably an 11 or so. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe she's like self-conscious about her shoe size and demanded that the rewrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call it no a size No bigger nine. than nine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true, because, uh, yeah, size 9. Size 9 really isn't. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that'd be a in the range of average. Minutes, yeah. You know. be a big fudgesicle, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you have to assume that Rose, pro- or not Rose, but Sophia probably has, like, a, a size 2 and, you know, just tiny little, you um, know, almost child-sized feet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, Rose enters then, oddly, because, like, they were trying to sleep. Them. Yeah. Like, I think <clears> if you're sharing a bed with somebody... You should be wearing everything should be covered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I noticed that. Well, especially know, with a not yeah, not a, a non-spouse, non yeah. romantic type thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I noticed that the girls kind of just walk freely into each other's rooms, so there's like a quite a bit of trust there because Rose enters while they're sleeping. Greater, while they're trying to sleep, you'll see her naked in the kitchen than in her own bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Only if they've got Oreos. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Rose she, Savannah smiles. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose enters and uh, asks, you know, if uh, Sophia, you know, Sophia actually gets up before that, and then Sophia tells Rose that she's reclaiming her bed, and so they kind of switch roles, and uh, the two uh, kind of switch places. Rose kind of gets in bed with Dorothy and wants to talk, but Dorothy is pleading with her to, you know, be quiet because she needs to rest, and if they can wait till tomorrow morning, that'd be better. Uh, despite this, Rose car- starts talking about how she lied and uh, how a small lie can just snowball into a bigger and bigger lie before long. You've got an entire snowman built on lies. Yeah, Dorothy had a, a another one of the, ep- the lines I really enjoyed in this episode during that scene where she said, you know, don't worry about it, Rose. Most of the people I've slept with were liars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, thinking that Dorothy is asleep because she stopped talking, uh, Rose kind of keeps, you know, chatting about how she never planned to tell her granddaughter, her daughter, the truth, but you know, her friends have kind of convinced her to be honest, and now her uh, previous lies have even been harming to her granddaughter, and that she doesn't know her uh, her grandpa, and then she kind of sweetly closes with, "Now you sleep well, and I'll see you in the morning. I love you." And then there's a pause, and Dorothy chimes back, "Thank God, I thought you'd never shut up." Yeah. It seemed a little unnecessary, but it was uh, <laughs> it, it was humorous, but still, it's like, I don't know, definitely an unnecessary <laughs> jab, yeah. especially when it's like, okay, you've got your way. She could have just said, okay, I love you too, good night. Or just said nothing and just yeah. gone along with the idea that she's asleep. <laughs> the thing is, like, the only person to whom that would even be slightly humorous is the audience to which she is not aware exists. Right, yeah. You know, in a real world situation. It's yeah, just otherwise, it's just me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we find out the I'm when... glad uh, you love me. Now shut up. You know, when Dorothy's tired, she can be an asshole. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. I don't blame Sophia for not wanting to share a bed with her. <laughs> right. With her ham feet and whatnot. Oh, fudgy. Oh, fudge fudge, fudgy. Fudgy right. feet. Yeah. Which, which is also feet. kind of gross thinking, or gross, gross sounding when you think about it. Yeah. Not nearly as gross as you going on about Blanche's chesticles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blanche enters the living room now uh, when Dorothy's kind of sitting there and explains that the cr- crazy murder case that she'd been following turns out to have been a frame job. Uh, one of the family's trusted servants was trying to uh, pin Tippy's murder on Mr. Duncan there. The uh, butler had planned it, and the maid did all the hard work, apparently. Now, what I wanted to know is why. I mean, did they just hate the dude? Um, or hate both of them, I guess? You know, because they wanted to kill the one and frame the other? Uh, unless it was like, okay, I've named you the, six, the uh, you know, sole beneficiary, but if you die, then it's the servants that are next in line. Yeah, it doesn't really tie up that very cleanly. Yeah, like why? Like what would be the motive, other than, I guess, just hatred for them? That's when we're all... Maybe you know. the servants were the original beneficiaries before she changed it to the husband. Uh, it could be, but I don't know. I would have to think, unless they were really close, the only way it would make sense to me, I guess out of anger you could have that. Or, like I said, if they were, you know, if tertiary. she changed it to husband as first, yeah, and they were the, the tertiary, you know, beneficiaries or secondary, I guess. Second and In the event that he is unable to obtain this. Right, yeah. If, if he kills me, then it goes to my <laughs> trusty sidekicks, my like, servants. Yes, that's our inn. All right. But uh, Kirsten enters from the front door, and she'd just been to the airline to reschedule her flight 
for later that day because they were leaving early. Yeah, still being a total bitch. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know any they're other way to put it. The entire, she was only there for the will, and now that she knows she's not getting any, she's like, we're out of here. Yeah. Screw this. I can't imagine anything worse than like taking a cab to the airport to change <laughs> your flight. Yeah. And then taking a cab back home so you can have some lunch and then taking another cab back to the airport <laughs> so you can fly out. Right. Just so you could leave early. I mean. Exactly. Like, it wasn't like that they had some emergency. It was just like, I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. My mom, who I, it was by all accounts, a really awesome mom mm-hmm. um, because you <laughs> squandered what I assumed I was going to get when you exactly. died. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're going to go ahead and leave so you don't get to see me or your granddaughter you exactly. know for the extra few hours i'll teach you to piddle away money <laughs> right there's two hundred dollars <laughs> in cab fares and airline fees <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah they're, they're she's planning to leave early but uh she heads to the night to uh get charlie because she's gonna take her for lunch she was out there with uh with sophia i think there's a line about them trying to get barbie's hair back onto her head with polydent yeah polygrip yeah polygrip yeah Good and, product uh, shop. Just then, Rose enters and tells Kristen, Kirsten that uh, she needs to talk to her right now, and it is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy kind of starts to excuse herself and take Blanche with her uh, reluctantly. But uh, Rose says that you know she wants everyone to stay and listen to what she has to, to, to tell them. She goes on to explain why there isn't much money in the will. She talks about how Charlie was a very kind and generous man and always kind of helping friends and neighbors in need. She continues saying that uh, he was was not nearly as good of a businessman as she kind of led her daughter on to believe. Uh, it, it seems like, though, her daughter should be aware that he's not a very good businessman, especially since the fact that he paid for that red wagon, even though she didn't have swine coverage. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she never heard that story, though. Oh, I think it is interesting that you know he sold insurance as a boy and just was like this is it. Yeah, and and I'm never got good. better at it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, started off. I mean, if I started something when I was eight years old, I feel like by the time I'm an adult, I should be damn good at it. Mm. Um, but. <laughs> exactly. After 32 years of experience, you think yeah. you would have. Well, and is he selling insurance directly that he's covering himself? Um, I mean, is he like trying to make his own all state? <laughs> it said he worked for a company. Oh, okay. So you know because. Yeah. Uh, even in the conversation earlier, Kirsten kind of says, well, you always said that he was one of the best salesmen in his company or something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. But uh, she goes on to say that, you know, he wasn't a great businessman and could never really budget uh, or balance a budget. Uh, she told her that her father was a successful human being and uh, that she was afraid that if she, you know, told him about his generosity and, and the fact that he did make a lot of money, that she'd kind of view him as a failure. Which, you know, knowing the girl now may have been true. Yeah, absolutely. But it does, like, I don't know. Because she mentions, like, how much he was traveling and everything, you know, which is like, I don't know. Because it doesn't really track because she's also said that they made love every single day. Yeah. You know, so I don't don't know. Well, continuity isn't always, uh, I mean, I still think that. There's some serious issues with when Charlie died versus their ages <laughs> and it's when true. Rose got married to, you yeah. know, Stan and their yeah, ages I don't and think whatnot. Before the series started, they're like, all right, let's break out this branch of timelines. Yeah, well, I don't think that there was no internet, so there wasn't trolls. <laughs> so you didn't have to worry about uh, making things. I mean, not like we so, have hey, now. Do you remember that episode two years ago? Right. <laughs> I don't think this quite jives. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, she's telling her how her her dad's been, was a really great person, 
but uh, he did travel a lot, and so she was afraid that you know he'd think of him as a, a bit of a failure if he didn't make a lot of money. Uh, Rose says she never, she's always saw him as a successful human being, and uh, that I never thought of him as a failure. I hope I never let him feel like one. Mm-hmm. And if I did, I pr- you know can only pray that he forgives me now. Mm-hmm. And then you know that's kind of a sweet sentiment. So it is. Kirsten and Rose, you know, kind of hug each other and decide to go get Charlie and go to lunch together. Uh, I like Rose's comment. Uh, uh, with the size of our estate, because I think they even had a, a comment earlier where mm-hmm. she had called it, a, uh, Kirsten had called it an estate, and she's like, oh, it's not really an estate, kind of already downplaying it. Before. Right. If, I think we'd afford lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then Blanche kind of, uh, after they walk out, Blanche muses about how nice and tidy everything ended up with both uh, Rose and her, her, her daughter, rather, and the, uh, the Duncan Osgood case, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is all important, and you know, she closes with "all is well that ends well," except that we, you know, kind of dissected that and realized we don't really have a good motive, but whatever. Right. And then Dorothy kind of closes with, "That's easier for you to say. You're not at the bottom of a lake clutching someone's dicky." <laughs> and then they close. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, that did conclude episode 16. It's hard to pick an MVP for this episode just because there wasn't, I didn't feel like one really standout person. I mean, I thought that Dorothy and, and Sophia had the best lines overall in the episode. Um, so I, I think I'd give, I'll go ahead and give it to Sophia um, for my MVP, but it's a, a toss up, honestly. Um, who, who Did you have one that came in on top for you, Ski? You know, I think Blanche, and partly based on your, uh, your comments earlier on the fact that uh, she does kind of own it <laughs> yeah, you know, I think to... I think I'm gonna reverse course. I'm gonna go with Blanche. I like the gypsy story. I like the line. I like the fact that even she though she pretty B... much ran the B story. Yeah, I mean <laughs> she was the B story essentially. Um, <laughs> Her B story was just exposition. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She like read the paper today. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> but at least it was all you know. It, it was all self-contained within the episodes. So they didn't have to take much time out. It was just <laughs> you know. Yeah. Probably the entire B story was maybe two minutes of actual you know, <laughs> dialogue. Yeah. yeah. But see, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with Blanche too. So two votes for Blanche. How about you, Brent? Who's Rose. Rose. Um, that, that closing monologue, like Ski said, it was just amazingly sweet. Oh, so. okay. Fair enough. And then uh, Ski, out of eight slices of cheesecake, how much did you give this uh, particular episode? I liked it okay, but it wasn't anywhere near my, my favorite. So I'm going to bat this down to three. Three. Yeah, for me, the daughter was just so horribly unlikable. Um, <laughs> some of the jokes among the women were more mean-spirited than normal. <laughs> you know, like Dorothy about the... Shut up. Yeah, and the, and Sophia about the, you know, calling the, the meal that Rose made garbage. <laughs> um, it was just a little harsher than I, than I typically like out of uh, my episodes. So I'm, I'm only giving it a two on this particular one. Yeah, uh, two as well for me, um, for all of those reasons, and you know, one for each of Blanche's titties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it still sounds a little less dirty, but it was uh, um, coming from your mouth versus skis, but <laughs> but only a shade less um, chesticles. Yeah. I don't know. I think for you, Ski, what it is that you kind of have that dad vibe in a certain way. Dad. Yeah. And so that's why it feels a little more awkward is that you, I think, 
I don't know. Brent and I are just seedier individuals than you in general. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why it sounds... I don't know if I agree with all that. Yeah. Well, I, I think most people would agree with that, at least on the surface. Now, underneath <laughs> the surface, you're probably definitely the more seedy of the three. But, you know, that's that's a whole... I just whole hide thing. it better? Is that yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. I'm so. sorry. So you're saying that, like, <laughs> the three of us all, like, independently... Went to a Chili's, mm-hmm. okay? Like the waitress would look at you and I and think, oh, these are the two seedy ones. And they would look at him and be like, oh, this respectable man. Is Definitely, because going- we'd walk into the <laughs> Chili's and Ski would say, oh, hi, how are you doing? And, and he would strike up a conversation that seemed very much like non-threatening. And uh, whereas you and I would sit quietly, we'd order food. Now, we would probably be less annoying to the waitress. It depends on the waitress. Yeah, uh, yeah. A chatty waitress would love Ski. And, um, <laughs> or a my wait- wife. Yeah, well, yeah, Ski's wife is uh, makes doesn't have any uh, know any strangers. They're all friends, just that she hasn't <laughs> met yet. But um, but yeah, Ski would definitely come off as more more disarming mm-hmm. and more uh, just I don't know friendly and whatnot than you and I would. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, again, there are some people that like if I was the waiter in that situation, I'd be like whatever, dude. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be friendly as it's my job, but I wouldn't be that. I'd rather have a a customer like us but if you're a people person then ski is definitely the the guy who's gonna come off better than <laughs> you and you and i will mm. now if it's just based on like we're walking in the door and they're looking at us yeah i still think ski generally is a little slightly more clean cut than you and i are i mean you're usually pretty clean cut you shave pretty re- regularly you know me I, I i only shave shave like all the way you know like mm-hmm. with a razor if it's like a funeral or a wedding mm-hmm. so it, it's rare generally i just <laughs> trim down um you occasionally let it grow just you just occasionally have a little stubble. I think maybe your facial hair grows faster than Skis does, but oh, Skis looking a little stubbly today too. So. His wife's out of town. Yeah, yes, that, that that's is true. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. This this, uh, this entire conversation seems to be going nowhere at this point. But <laughs> but I yeah I would say that Ski is a uh, very dirty minded seeming of the of the three of us in my opinion. But. That said, we're three middle-aged white guys. We're not cops. Aren't pulling a gun on us. You know, we're we're pretty much. Uh, well, if we said the, anything nice to a twenty-something waitress, it's still a little bit creepy at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, hey, very creepy. Nice short skirt you got there, baby. <laughs> now listen. Okay, so so now see, now see, the, I just sold it. So <laughs> now the ski brought it up. I, you know, we'll just go ahead and extend this podcast a little bit further with a story relating to that. When it was nothing that bad. Uh, it was close. It felt it that bad. Not. It felt at least that bad. Um, You're overly sensitive. So Ski and I, we went to Disney World recently together mm-hmm. to see the uh, the grand Second opening. Honeymoon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, it's our first honeymoon. <laughs> we haven't been on one to begin with. Um, we're just trying it out, you know. Who knows how things will go. You know, we like to make lemons out of lemonade, so <laughs> want to make sure that you, know, <laughs> you squeezed your lemons. Exactly. <laughs> so, but we... Um, the juice ran down your leg. <laughs> We were in a restaurant. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the Galaxy's Edge. Okay, that was the main reason we went down there. The Star opening Wars. of the, the new all about Star Wars. Yeah. And okay, I thought Galaxy's Edge was a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, we, he, he was not on my asteroid belt. <laughs> but uh, so we were there. We were close to Uranus. <laughs> we were in at Oga's Cantina. Is the name? It's like a Star Wars bar type thing that they have in there. And uh, the waitress, you know, again, we're forty-one. And the waitress was probably 
25 or Maybe, possibly yeah. younger. Um, I really hope the story ends with him asking her for some blue milk. Uh, I, I actually did have blue milk, but uh, <laughs> but it was on the menu. <laughs> so I want to be really clear. No, it was just awkward because he I said... Can I get it from the source, baby? <laughs> there was this whole kind of like joke, like don't look anybody in the eyes. It's supposed to be like, you know, in a Star Wars cantina, okay. you know, or... You uh, get your face chopped off with a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. And, um, and Ski says to this woman, like, it's hard not to look at you because you're so beautiful. Mm. And I wanted to die right there <laughs> um, because I felt so awkward that Ski just subjected this service worker to... I don't think that's exactly what I said. That is almost exactly what you said. Um, she's like, we don't serve your kind here. Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she did what any server would do. She was friendly and kind uh-huh. and uh, then tried to change the subject. Uh, <laughs> immediately went on break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I over-tipped her to make up for uh, that bit of awkwardness. Um, uh, see, I think that just draws attention to it. Well, I mean, it wasn't over-tipping by like a wild margin. It was like a 22% tip as opposed oh, okay. gotcha. to, you know, gotcha. it wasn't like I gave her a $100 tip on a gotcha. $15 bill. Um, <laughs> exactly. You so, our, our hotel number on there, did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Charge it to our room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a two-for-one special. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so so, but that, like, you see that ski being friendly, he he really. Isn't, I was really trying to just be funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I have it no did, doubt that that was his intention. It, it I don't, definitely came off worse than than what I intended. Yeah, um, it, and I don't think ski even saw it as being bad. But then when I mentioned it to other people, there are some others that have agreed with my sentiment on it <laughs> that it was a uh, cringy. Um, but anyway, again. For the right person, Ski is far less seedy, but because he has that vibe, it can also be far more disturbing when he says some of his uh, sexually charged comments. So, you know, I don't know. With all that, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.